Hello and welcome to another podcast at Equippers Church Dunedin. Today's sermon is brought to you by Pastor Reggie Debs. Well, good morning, church. How are you? Are you happy? The Highlanders won last night. If you didn't and you recorded it, I just gave it away. But trust me, you want to watch that game. It was pretty cool. I was up at 1.30 and 2.30 and 3.30. I just flew in the country yesterday, so I'm backwards. So it's all good. Could you do me a favor? Be American for 10 seconds. Look at somebody in, beside you. Stare them in the eye and say, all right, all right, all right. You can sit down, down. Yeah, you can sit down. Y'all did good. You did real good. You did real good. All right, all right, all right. Y'all ready? Ooh, how many of you today is the first time you've ever seen Reggie? Raise your hand. This is my first. first. Ooh, look at y'all. New people. I like new people. Hey, it's good to be in Dunedin. I saw two penguins walking down the street last night, and I knew I was in the south. The cold, cold, frozen, chosen south. That's awesome. I'm coming back again in a couple of weeks to do school, so... The Revolution Tour is coming to town in a couple of weeks. I'm just like giving you a little preview of what's going to happen. If you got your Bible, you need to go to the book of Luke, chapter 8. I'm going to start reading at verse 40 when I get there. And um, let's just have a good day. Uh, Let me give you the title. If you have never been, well, I'm an American for you new people. I'm from the United States. I live in a place called Florida, which is in the south in the United States, and I'm black, so this is a good day, all right? So you got a southern American black preacher up in the house, and so there's rules. You got to talk to your neighbor, so you've already done that. So now just look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to have to talk to you some more, all right? Number two, you got to talk to the preacher. Everybody say, come on, Reggie. Oh, that's good. Y'all, y'all got this. That's good. Last but not least, you're going to have a good time. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've been through. It's going to be all right because you're in church today. Everybody say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, y'all just don't know what's going to happen, do you? Okay. So if you got your verse, let me give you the title, and then I'm going to play sax. I'm a saxophone player. I brought my soprano. I'll play a song for you just a second. But here's the title. All, all American preachers, especially the black ones, we title our sermon. Now, here it is. The title is simply this. Just repeat after me, okay? Everybody, this is the title of our sermon today, so you got to get this, all right? Just one touch, just one touch. is all it takes to be made whole. Cool? Let's do it again. Just one touch. Is all it takes to me to be made whole. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, y'all got that. That's really good. Y'all did good. Y'all did better than the early service. It was just three of us talking out loud. All right, cool. So uh, I'm going to play a song for you. It's a chorus. I love this. It's a good worship chorus, and it talks about how good uh, God is to us. So it goes like this. Here we go.
He's a good father, amen? He's really good, amen? If you got a Bible and you're there, you should be at Luke chapter 8. I'm going to start reading in verse number 40. All I got is one story for you this morning. Hey, before I do, pastor asked me, and I will tell you about the book. It's called Just Keep Breathing. Um, it's, uh, I've been doing public schools for 31 years, okay? I'm old, but I look good because black don't crack, word. I'm just saying, all right? So uh, literally about four years ago, my wife looked at me and said, do you know that in a couple of years you'll be doing schools for 30 years? And I said, yeah. She said, you should do something. You should give people a glimpse of what it's like to speak to young people today. So I started five years ago collecting uh, email, uh, letters from kids, Facebook. They would go on Facebook, Instagram. And even though it's a public setting, a social setting, these kids would tell me their, 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 their secrets. Because in public schools, I share who I am. I'd share that uh, in that, that, that video for Mother's Day this morning, uh, it talked about women who opened their homes to be foster kids, foster moms and stepmoms. That's how I grew up. I grew up in the foster care system my whole life. My mom kept my brother and my two sisters but gave me away because she said I was a mistake and I should have never been born, which made me highly suicidal for years. That's what I share in public schools. And kids, because I shared that with them, will literally go open online social media and tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. So for the past four years, I've collected them, and, uh, and I waited and waited until the right moment, and that's what this is. I tell kids all the time, just keep breathing, because tomorrow holds the answer to the problem that you're facing today. And now the challenge with this book was I needed it to get into the hands of people who didn't believe in God or who didn't like him. So I literally made this whole book secular. But the hope and love that comes out in this book is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So... Um, I made a deal with uh, the New Zealand government, and literally, the, the reason why, and it's, only, it's been out a year. It was out last year when I came, but the government wouldn't let this book in your country. But somebody, one of your officials in your country, read it and went and said, well, every kid needs this book. And so uh, they said, if you want to bring it in, you can. So I just paid all the taxes and fees, and I brought about 300 copies in the country, and uh, and I figured people need to know. People need to know what's going on. So that's what the book is. And uh, there's not, I don't think there's a lot of them left. So if you want to go get a copy of it, it's, it's just amazing. Just amazing, amazing. Hey, who's in, still in uh, school, like year 11, 10, 10, 11? Anybody year 10, year 11 in there? Oh, you are a girl right there? All right, cool. Hey, hey, pastor, take that. Put it over your shoulder. Go straight back. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're welcome. That's yours. Have a good day. All right. Cool. 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 All right. All right. All right. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, it's on. Touch your other neighbor and say, here we go. Okay. Now look at me. I had the best Mother's Day sermon you would have ever heard in your entire life. I know some of you like, you would say that because you're an American and you guys are all arrogant and rude. We are not rude. We may be arrogant, though, I'll just say But I had the best one. It was, I was going to go back when Mary and the angel came and said, you're going to have a baby. And she had to go tell her fiancé that she's pregnant, but she hadn't slept with anybody. <laughs> that would have been a good sermon, all right? But I can't because, you know, here's the deal. Me and, me and God, we got this thing. Here's the deal. He, he was like, uh, you need to preach this. And there's been times, I ain't going to lie to y'all. 
There's been times when I thought I knew better than him, just for one or two instances. I know that doesn't, I know, look, some of you are like, you're the preacher, you can't say that. Yeah, I can, because I'm honest, all right? I literally knew my sermon was so good that Jesus would change his mind no matter what I did, all right? <laughs> I'm an idiot, all right? So, so, so and when that happens, I found over the 31 years of doing this that when I do what I want, he takes away something very precious to me, sleep. Y'all, I love to sleep. If my friends were here, they could tell you, I can fall asleep at any given moment, at any given time, anywhere. It don't matter. It's just, I love sleep. I love sleep. But when I don't do what he says, he takes it away. And I'm looking at the wall. I'm looking at the ceiling. And I, then I start going, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, please, just let me go. I'll do whatever you want. Like, so today, here we are again. All right, I just got to your country. It's a whole new time thing. It is 750 p.m. last night in my mind when in actuality it is today okay and I'm gonna need a nap today so I'm not playing with God I'm doing whatever he says so he gave me this thing and he says do this just do it I said yes sir when would I doubt you all right so whether this goes good or bad I still get to take a nap today so, hey, it is what it is. Some of you are like, you're a selfish preacher. I'm a preacher who likes to sleep, all right? <laughs> After I get some chicken, I'm going to sleep, all right? All right. It's Mother's Day. Everybody should have chicken on Mother's Day. I'm just saying. <laughs> Here we go. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen. I read a little, talk a little. It's kind of fun. Some of you like me, don't you? Some of you knew, like, okay, I like him. I like him. There's something about him. like, you can't take me home. Okay, so... <laughs> Luke chapter 8, verse 40. The Bible says this. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Okay, now look. I like that. They were all expecting him. When you come to church, if you don't want church to be boring, here's what you got to do. When you wake up. Now, before you go to bed on Saturday night or the day before you get to come to church, last thing you need to do before you get in bed, go, tomorrow I'm going to see Jesus. Tomorrow I'm going to church. You need to go expecting something to happen, expecting something to change. When I was watching your little rugby team, okay, your big rugby team, some of them boys big. When I was watching your rugby, I was like, oh, come on, come on. It was 10 to 10. I'm like, you got to score. I want everybody happy when I'm preaching tomorrow. Come on, you got to score. And near the end, it was cool. You got to see it because you like you recorded it. It was good, dude. That little brother could run. Tatuki Wookie, whatever his name is, that boy, he could jet, man. Well, what's his last name? Yeah, see, there it is. Tiki 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 Tawa. That boy could run, all right? It was good. It was good. It was good. So literally, I'm like, okay, the whole time I'm watching that game, I was praying for you. I didn't even know you. I didn't even know what you looked like. But I was like, God, touch somebody tomorrow. God, change their life tomorrow. So I walked in the room in the early service expecting something. And the response was crazy for an early service. So that means this one is going to be over the top. This is going to be real good. It was so good in the early service. There's some people still here now. And now I know what they're thinking. They're like, I thought it was good the first time. This is even better this time. I'm like a fine wine. All right. No, no. Okay, let's go. All right. All right. Let that go. Expect it. Touch your neighbor and say something good's going to happen. Touch your other neighbor and say this is a good day to be in church. Okay, let's go on. 
Here we go. Verse number, I only read one verse. <laughs> okay, verse 41. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler in the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading him to come to his house because his only daughter, everybody say only daughter, a girl who was 12 years old was dying. Okay, now, now look. I like this dad. I like this dad because this dad was doing what I would do if I was him. Because obviously somebody who knew what they were talking about told him there's nothing we can do. Take your little girl home. She lived 12 years and that's all that's going to happen. She's going to die. Put her in her bedroom. Let her be comfortable. But there's nothing else we could do. I like this dad. Because when everybody said there's nothing left to do, he knew there was something he could do. He heard the stories about Jesus, how he can touch a blind man's eyes and he can see again, how he could touch a cripple and make him walk again, how he's even made a dead person come back to life again. And he's like, if he could do it for them, he could do it for me. So he went on a mission. Everybody say a mission. Dude, maybe in your life it's time for you to go on a mission. Maybe it's time for you to quit. Don't listen to what everybody says about you. Do something for you. Do something for yourself. Why don't you start believing in something that you can't see, something you can't touch? Some of you are like, I don't have that kind of faith. Oh, yes, you do. You're sitting on a chair, aren't you? How did you know that chair was going to hold you? Some of you are like, I never think about that. But if you were this big, you'd think about that a lot. I'd be reaching back, holding chairs, pushing down on them. Just If I hear something go crickety-crack, I'm not going to sit there. <laughs> You'd put all your trust when you sit down. You use faith when you turn your car. Some of you got one of them cars, you know what I'm talking about. You ever have a car you're driving straight, but it looks like you're making a left-hand turn? <laughs> you're called nasty. That's what it is, all right? Some of you have faith every time you turn that key. You're like, oh, Jesus, please, please. And when it starts, you're like, hallelujah, let's go. <laughs> if you're going to have that kind of faith with your car, why can't you have that with your life? He's expecting something. Then he went to Jesus. He went to Jesus. He fell on his feet and says, please come to my house. Touch my daughter. And she'll be made whole. Just one touch is all it takes. To be made whole. This is a good sermon, y'all. I'm so glad I got up at 1.30 because I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to have to preach this again someday. All right. Here we go. It says Jesus was on his way, but the crowd was crushing him. It's like a Michael Jackson concert right there. In verse 43, it says, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. No one could heal her. Everybody say, no one could heal her. One more time, say, no one could heal her. You know, I like that, too, because here's the deal. She, too, went to doctors. She, too, had to all the, you know, use this oil. <laughs> eat this. Don't eat, don't eat red meat. Are you kidding me? You might as well just kill me now. I'm just saying, all right? You don't eat this. Don't eat that. You'll be all right. She did all that. She did all that. Twelve years. It didn't work. Twelve years. Got sicker. Twelve years. But then here she goes, and she's like, if I can just touch him. Okay, now look. Everybody look at Reggie. If you look at this scripture... The way it was done, back then, did you hear what I just said? Back then, I know it's Mother's Day, 
Back then, women could not be up front. Back then. Did y'all hear what I said? I ain't getting no emails from you people, all right? Back then, women were second. Back then, women were in the background. Back then, women were not seen, not heard. They're just there. Back then, that's the way it was. How did that woman touch his clothes? How did she get that close? How did she do it? I'm telling you, that crowd pushing in on him, all men just trying to get a, all men up in there. That girl, she had to, because the Bible says she just touched the hem of his garment. I like one, one Bible translation says that she clutched the bottom of his clothes. That means she grabbed on and did not even want to let go. That's the kind of faith we have to have some. If you seems like you against a wall and there's no way out, that's when Jesus can step in and put his arms around you because you let him. You got to let him go. Some of you just haven't let him. Some of you have yet to say, well, God, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Why don't you put your faith in action on for one morning and today go, okay, Jesus, I want you to I'm gonna touch you. I'm going to grab your garment. I'm going to clutch you and see what he does. You see, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a man. I, I, I don't have a theory, okay? I don't have a notion. See, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Because they can argue all day long. But then all I could do is just point at me and go, why am I here? Well, I can't explain that. There you go. I don't know why you're here. Jesus. But what if he ain't real? Jesus. You got to understand, if Jesus is a myth and none of this is real, if this whole Bible is a fake, then it still made me the happiest fat black man you've ever met in your entire life. And I get to go around the world giving people hope, giving people love, showing people a way out of the darkness, showing people a way out of the pain, out of the sorrow. So if it ain't real, we're still going to die happy, 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 happy. But if it is real, I will see him face to face. I'll see the one who I clutched his garment. And I'll know that he made me and he helped me and he got me through. And if he could do it for me, he could do it for you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, just one touch. Come on, just one touch. Man, I'm preaching good today. This is just, I am just, I'm just saying happy Mother's Day to all y'all because this is a good one. There's a mom. You know what I figured out after the service this morning? There was a mom praying for their kid in that room this morning, in this room. And her prayers got to Jesus and he flipped my sermon around so that their child could be touched. And there were so many people up front this morning. Somebody's child was up here because God heard her cry, and he loves a mom. I like that. Even when Jesus did his first miracle, he wasn't supposed to do it, but mama said do it. <laughs> Word. In America, it goes like this. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, not even a dog. <laughs> I heard a dog bark outside right there. All right. Let's keep going. Okay, now look. Here we go. Here we go. This woman clutched his garment. And the Bible says this, verse 44. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his clock. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus said. Can you imagine that one? It's like crowd all in him, man trying to touch Jesus. All of a sudden Jesus goes, who touched me? And I'd be, I would like, I'd blame Peter. 
Jesus, you know that dude right there. He messed up. He did it. <laughs> just blame him. Just blame Peter. because he. And even Peter said, Peter goes, what do you mean who touched you? The crowd's huge. People pressing in. He goes, no, no, no. Somebody touched me. Power left me. Do you know what I love about that verse right there? Do you know what I love about that? It's just this. When you get so close to Jesus that he touches you, then he knows who you are. He knows exactly who you are. He knows. He knows your name. But he's such a gentleman. He will not break protocol. What does that mean? His protocol is, if you ask me, I'll do it. But if you don't ask me, I have to watch. Some of you had the answer for all these months. You just forgot to ask him. I'm here to tell you like the blind man said. There was a blind man named Blind Barnabas. Jesus changed his name because he touched him. He could see again, so he had to take blind off. <laughs> the name Barnabas, all right? I love the, the different translations in the Bible. It's really cool. It says that one day Jesus was passing by, and blind Bartimaeus started screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And finally, Jesus said, bring him to me. And they said, one version of the Bible says that he screamed, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And then he said, please, please don't pass me by. What a line. Please don't pass me by. There's somebody that desperate today. Do you know what I am? I said at the first service, I'll say it this one. I am the biggest, blackest Mother's Day greeting card from heaven you will ever read in your entire life. And you know what I'm saying? He's walking down the aisle right here, right now. He's sitting in the chair right beside you. And he's just waiting for you to say, please don't pass me by. He's waiting for you just to reach out and just clutch the hem of his garment. You don't have to scream. You don't even have to bow in front of him like the, like the dad did. You don't have to unless you're just that desperate. And if you are that desperate, trust me. But you know what's crazy about this story? All that we've been talking about, we have totally forgot about this dad, haven't we? Isn't that crazy? It started with a dad saying, come to my house. My daughter's dying. Please come. And all of a sudden, everybody's pushing in on Jesus. This woman touches his clothes. All of a sudden, she's healed. And he's going, who touched me? Who touched me? And he, in the middle of this, it's still, look, I'll finish it for you. It says this. It says, the woman, verse 47, the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at her feet in the presence of all the people and told him that she had touched him and that she had been instantly healed. Verse 48 then he said to her, daughter, your faith has, 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 made, has healed you. Go in peace. And there's 40, verse 49. Verse 49, we go back to the first story. It's like two for one. This is good. It's like free popcorn Tuesday at the movie theater. <laughs> I like that. That's why I don't know where that came from. <laughs> verse 49, look at it. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. He said, your daughter is dead. Don't bother to teach her anymore. Wow. Huh. Hey, isn't it crazy how that, 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 that dad, Jesus is coming to my house. He's coming to my house. All of a sudden, here's Jesus. Who touched me? And, I, and a woman. And, I, and the dad's like, whoa, whoa. I came and knelt at his feet. I asked him to help me. And now look at her. Now she's whole and I'm hurt still. My daughter's dying. What about me? What about me? In the first service, I, I slipped out the side and, and a lady came upstairs and found me. And she said, 
the way you see the Bible, uh, how can I learn that? I said, oh, no, it's pretty warped, ma'am. Only a few select messed up people can see the Bible like me. She started laughing. She said, just that one part that you said, it made me want to go. I came forward because you said that other, it's like somebody else got his miracle. When the man should, and he did realize, God can touch you, 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 me and her all at the same time. His power is not bottled up. His arm cannot reach someplace. If you make your bed in hell, he's there. Oh, wow. This one's better than the last one. I'm preaching the same thing, kind of. But it's just not coming out the same. Man, I think it's the piano makes me sound better, though. It really does, I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying today is, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? You've been bleeding for 12 years. What do you got to lose? Your daughter's been sick. She's 12. The doctor says she's going to die anyway. What do you got to lose? Let's go to the king. But just when you think you got nothing to lose, the devil swings one more time. He punches just one more time. And look at the swing that he gave this man. Huh. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother to teach her anymore. Look at verse 50. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will be healed. Everybody repeat after me. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Come on, everybody say, don't be afraid. Just believe. Okay, look, you're talking to a guy who was in Australia on tour, and my son drove a... He, don't ask me how. A drumstick went through his eye and hit his brain. And he pulled it out. Okay, cool. And they were like all these surgeries and everything. I got home. I couldn't get home for five days. When, and they said, we're going to do the surgery after the brain swelling goes down. Well, in the five days it took me to get back home, I preached four of those five days on tour. I can't, if I can't go home for five days, then I got to make the devil pay for four. And I wish I could tell you, oh, I just did my thing. Oh, no. Dude, I didn't eat for four or five days. I fasted. All I did was drink water. Matter of fact, when I got back to America, I was dehydrated. I was sick. I couldn't. But by the time I got home, I got home and I was changing back. I had to drive because they helivacked my son to Children's Hospital about 250 miles away. When I opened the front door of the house, my son goes, what up, Dad? Playing video games. You want to play? I said, you're in the hospital in a coma. He goes, no, nah, no. Nah. I woke up three days ago. And then they did this test and they said something's wrong. They must have got the test mixed up because my brain's fine. There's no spots on my brain or nothing. And I went, they said they messed up. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so what's wrong with you? He goes, oh, nothing. I'm fine. I'm kind of hungry. Can we go eat? Don't be afraid. Just believe. And your daughter will be healed. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Oh, how about this one? My wife, her uncle died. So we go to Puerto Rico, a small island in the Caribbean. We bury him. Her dad leans over at the grave. He's between me and Michelle. And he goes, I'm dying, honey. He had terminal cancer. Lungs, kidneys everywhere. Three weeks later, we're back in the same cemetery burying her dad. That's hard. 
And then her aunt looked at her at the grave, standing there three weeks later, and says, baby, swallow. She swallows. She goes, there's something wrong with your throat. There's lumps. You got to go get that checked out. So we get back home. We go to the doctor. Cancer runs in her family. And I'm like, right then, I start, I go, oh, no, 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 no. We ain't playing this, little devil. You ain't playing. We ain't playing. We ain't playing. We ain't playing. I ain't playing. So I'm like, you fine. Go get a doctor. Go check it out. You're going to be fine. So they did it. They said, we'll know in eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks. Eight to 12 weeks later, hey, we lost your, 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 your files. We got to do it again. So they did it again. And three months later, hey, uh, we lost your results again. We got to do it again. Six months later, for six months, my wife thought she had cancer, throat cancer. Then they came back and they go, it's okay. We got to check you a lot, but it's, it's not cancer. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. But then this. She's dead. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Here's what I know. From that verse 50 until Jesus walks in the house, his house, what kind of walk would that have been? You tell you hear what I'm saying? They're walking to his house. I wonder how far it was. I don't know any of that. But all I know is that had to be the longest trip home in the history of mankind. Even though he's walking with the Son of God, it had to be. He had to be thinking, the, 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 the guy behind him is a servant. He's like, I know she dead. I know she, I saw her turn purple. She dead, she dead. And Jesus like, don't be afraid, just believe and she'll be healed. And all of a sudden, but I believe in all my heart that if the song we sang today was back then, I believe he'd have sung it. At the point of his deepest, darkest moment. And some of you are at the point of your deepest, darkest moment this morning. Why don't you just punch the devil in the throat and watch him gag? So how do I do that? Sing. When you get the biggest punch that he can swing, sing to him. And I believe this dad would have sang something like this on his way home. It went something like this. Yes. Walking around these walls I thought by now they fall but you have never failed me yet. Your daughter's dead. There's nothing you can do. Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battle's won. For you have never failed me don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Sing it, boy, sing it. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come 
knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet. verse 51 when he arrived at the house jar said he did not let anyone go in the house except peter john and james and the child and the, uh, the child of the father and the mother okay meanwhile all the people were wailing and mourning for the little girl stop wailing jesus said she's not dead but asleep verse 53 but they laughed at him who in the world can go from wailing and weeping to laughing that fast you know why they could do it that fast because they were faking they wasn't really wailing and weeping sometimes you got to take a breath between wailing and weeping and laughing but since you're faking it then it's good listen to me don't bother the other team. You got to serve Jesus. He's got to be your hope. He's got to be your trust. And some of you get to take somebody with you. Some of you have a husband or a wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a best friend, and your faith is going to make their faith grow. Your faith is going to make their faith go deeper. You know why? Because we're in this thing together. That's why Jesus put Peter and James and, and the mom and the dad, that's why he took them with him. Because he is God's son, but he's still not by himself. And you're not alone. God set us up this morning. He brought me here for this specific day, at this specific moment, with this specific sermon, with these scriptures, so that you can know that he's about to walk into your house and meet the dead things in your life. And he's about to speak. And the dead will live again. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, just one touch is all it takes to be made whole. I like this. Verse 54. But he took her by the hand. He touched her. And he said, child, get up. Verse 55. Her spirit returned. And at once she stood up and Jesus told them to give her something neat. That's my boy, Jesus, right there. Ain't nothing like coming back from the dead and getting some chicken. That's good right there parents were astonished but he ordered them don't tell nobody what happened don't tell nobody what happened you know what I know I know that God's real because I've seen it in my own life and my families I've watched Jesus do things from a platform that were absolutely amazing some of you in this room it looks like you can't win but that's perfect because that's when he can step in and wrap his arms around you thank you for tuning into this podcast for more information please check out our website at www.ecobridgechurch.com forward slash Dunedin